Welcome to the Bazooka Luca podcast. Here's your host, Luca Andy. I can't believe it took me three episodes to kick off the podcast with greed. I should start every damn episode with the great Fugazi, the only band that matters. Welcome, my friends, to the third episode of the Bazooka Luca podcast. I am your host, Luca Andy. You know that. Uh, I can't believe it's already been a month since uh, the last uh, podcast. The time, man. Where does it go? Why can't I master it, manipulate it like a wizard or a time doctor like uh, like Doc Brown? He, uh, he had a doctorate in time management, right? I don't remember if they actually covered what he was a doctor of. In the Back to the Future movies. Maybe there's a deleted scene on the Blu-ray or something. If somebody at Universal is listening to this right now, please send me the Back to the Future Blu-rays. And I will clear this right up. God, I hope that actually happens. Oh, and send me a Blu-ray player, too. I don't have one. Uh, Better yet, make it a PlayStation 3. Sweet. Anyway, back to us. How are you? How have you been? I hope things are going well with you. Glad to have you back listening. Today's episode is a great one. My friend Christina dropped by. We talked a bit about our uh, music listening habits. We also covered uh, several other topics. My uh, non-New Year's resolution. The way I sometimes pronounce S's in a way that makes me sound like an old man. You know, with, with old man whistling dry mouth. Ugh, it really bothers me that I do that. Anyway, uh, a little later, I tackle another uh, stunt critique. This time, I'm shredding through the new Decemberist album, uh, The King is Dead. So that should be fun, or a complete disaster, who knows. It's always teetering on those lines. And uh, finally, closing out this edition will be a new segment called Random Acts of Hatred, where uh, the adorable tiny Miss Adrian rants about some random thing she hates. Kind of like a, like Andy Rooney, but uh, without the dementia. Or, uh, or the old man uh, whistling dry mouth, for that matter. That's uh, that's just me. All right, uh, let's uh, let's kick it off, shall we? I'm gonna let the band Chavez take us uh, to the first segment with a song called uh, "Pentagram Ring." Take us, us. Uh, Ground to ground 
there's a metronome? Alright. Um, I'm here at the Bazooka Luka compound. I like that I called it that last on the last podcast when Julia was here. So I'm going to stick with that. You are now in the Bazooka Luka compound. It's like the situation room, but for yes. Bazooka Luka. And much, much more important. In the compound. Uh, so joining me today is my friend Christina. Say Hello. hi. Hey. Christina came over today just to record some songs. And uh, I was like, well, why don't we uh, go ahead and record a podcast while you're here? Yeah, my vocals are already warmed up and ready to go. Yes, so. and you have a great sounding voice. So this, I think, I think you have a great voice, and that's why I chose you to be the voice of Bazooka Luca. Yeah, you recognize this, guys. You hear it every week on the intro. Exactly. Do you want to give them like? You're now listening to the Bazooka Luca podcast in ah. the Bazooka Luca compound. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's great. Thanks. I should do more voice work. You should. I've had. I've actually had people tell me that you sound very professional, and that that Kyle has a really good. Kyle's got a great radio voice. Yeah, yeah. I think that Kyle and I should do a spinoff <laughs> podcast, actually, um, where we talk about I don't know. Oh, I'm sure. Anthropology and uh, oh yeah, campfires or something <laughs> like that. That would be great. Yeah. I kind of wanted to talk to you about your listening habits. Uh, just recently, I wrote on the blog uh, how I'm getting away from listening to albums as a whole, where I was just kind of listening to songs or playlists that I would make, uh, and I kind of got away from listening to an album from, from beginning to end. And how back when I used to work at the record store, I would uh, pop in albums all the time and just, I really miss that now because I don't know if I don't have enough time, but I just don't do it anymore. So I was wondering, what are your listening habits? Yeah, I have a, I'm kind of obsessive in a way. Um, Usually what initially hooks me on to a group is one song. And if I find one song that I really love, I will listen to it over and over and days on end, weeks sometimes. I mean, I just kind of get really obsessed with it and then I'll start venturing out and seeing if there's other things I like on the record um and usually that is what um prompts me to either buy something or not buy something okay Um, do you find yourself buying albums just because it's whatever album your favorite artists just put out um very rarely these days um it's it's more so I I mean it's only something like really big people on my list like um, but even so, because things get leaked now beforehand, you're kind of yeah. hearing what's going on. So like the national, for example, um, when they, right before they came out, I think, um, the New York times did something on them and they had like three songs on there. So I got to listen to three songs and I knew from those three songs that I would buy that album. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a very late buyer. Like I will sit with things for a really long time and because of things like Groove Shark, where you can just kind of put whatever you want. I'll listen to it. I listen to music at work. I listen to music at home. And so I'll sit with it for a long time and make sure. Because there's nothing like buying a record and having it be completely disappointing. Sorry, that was my uh, phone. He's very <laughs> popular today. Yeah, apparently. Um, okay, so let's go into your... Like you said, you mentioned that you listen to music at work. Um, what's your work like? You have... You work at a desk, mostly? Yeah, I work at a desk, and I've got two computers. I've got, like, a normal computer and then a Final Cut Pro Mac 
station and um, depending on which one I'm using, I will pull up Groove Shark or Pandora um, and I'll listen to to whatever. Are so you like, listening on headphones? Yeah, I'm on headphones and I've got it low so I can, this is, I shouldn't be admitting this at all, um, but <laughs> I'll have it low so I can hear whatever I'm editing right. or whatever I'm listening to, but I, it's just kind of, I can concentrate on, on both, but it, it kind of helps my day go by um, faster and makes me feel like more like I have a soundtrack to what I'm doing as opposed to just yeah. sitting in silence. Um, so yeah, I'll, but I like my playlist right now, like is starting off with a uh, Nina Simone and then ends with, um, what did I just put on there? Um, I think ends with LCD sound system. So, I mean, I just end up putting a hodgepodge yeah. of, of different things that I'm liking to listen to. See, I think the rise of digital media and, how, you know, you can create playlists now really easily within iTunes or whatever you use, or even Groove Shark lets you mm -hmm. do playlists. And that's great because everybody's always loved making mixtapes or after that, mix CDs. And now you have unlimited playlists. So I think it, it's really what has affected my listening habits is more the technology than the, any change in music. I think it's hard to find a really well-crafted record now when it comes to... In comparison to the amount of music that is being put out right now, I, yeah. I think it's really hard to find um, an album that is really solid that I want to listen to from the beginning to end. And it's really disappointing to me. I rather I, I still I like buying CDs still. I if and I and I like buying records. And if I really like something, then I want the tangible form of it for yeah. my collection or whatever it is. And um, and I find it very disappointing, actually, that, I mean, it's great having all these kind of, I was saying before, like, maybe they're not really one-hit wonders, but, you know, mm -hmm. you just need one good song on your record to make money. And, and that's great in some sense, but I think it also kind of produces a lack of accountability when you can so easily produce something and so easily be, you know, gratified yeah. by that one thing that you kind of don't maybe you don't have to try as hard um and well i've noticed that since it's so easy now to record a song and distribute it right away like you don't even need you know you don't need record companies to mm -hmm. distribute your song so if you're an independent artist you can record a song on monday you know mix it during the week and have it on the internet by friday or whatever you know so it's like it's so immediate that you almost feel like a lot of artists would rather do it that way than have to compose this entire album worth of material. Uh, and I think it lends itself to some artists. But for others, uh, I really miss that I'm doing this thing again. <laughs> I noticed I was doing that during uh, the, the previous podcast and it really bothers me. It, I sound like an old person. No. It, you know, when like the you hear oh, old like people that, that creepy that, guy like, on family his, guy yeah 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 kind of like that and you know who else did it uh obama did it at the speech the other day and it was really bothering me well maybe it's just a public speaking thing i don't know no but anyway uh back to what was i was saying so <laughs> now i'm gonna be really 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 uh thinking about this whole time Snakes and... uh god damn it now i'm just this is very unprofessional uh, which is kind of how it goes down here at the Bazooka Podcast. Compound. Uh, yeah, at the compound. compound. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No rules here, guys. Exactly. Um, but anyway, getting back to what I was saying, I miss the craft of, of, of constructing an album. 
Uh, you know, certain bands would take years to do it and spend millions of dollars constructing an album. And I, I think that is gone. Yeah. Well, I don't think it takes millions of dollars well, to construct Well, that obviously something. not anymore. And, and only a few bands could ever afford yeah. to actually do that. But, but I, I like, I mean, this is actually compared to... So you and I were recording some songs um, prior to doing this and... You're asking me about like my writing habits and and stuff and and with me like, I, I've always I always feel like the best music is always well crafted and intentional and something that you sit with and you labor over. Now, if you um, I know there are people that are always putting out music, um, but I think when it comes to a record that you expect someone to invest in, it, it you should have put the same sort of effort in, you know. Um, yeah. And I and I am disappointed when I don't find that when I um. When I buy an album, and I guess I don't have that blind faith anymore, really, with a lot of artists. I I kind of have to test drive it because I'm not um, I'm not going to spend the money on something that 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 I'm not going to invest in something when they haven't equally invested. I'm not going to because it is such a music for myself is so personal, and it's something. I mean, what I listen to every day kind of is dictated on my mood, and um, you know however it comforts me or however it, mm-hmm. it and so to buy something to invest in something that is kind of sloppily put together or you know it's not as good as they can do right it's disappointing it I, I had that i used to i'm still a really big dave matthews fan um but i was really i've really been disappointed in the past couple years with what i used to always buy their records and i and i remember buying stand up and being so like let down they yeah. felt so rushed and 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 maybe that's like kind of like a big band reference or something but I, I remember just feeling cheated with that record and and really starting to stop just because it was my favorite band i wasn't going to go out and buy their album and yeah. just because everybody was saying it was great i wasn't going to get into it um yeah yeah so well i think also it's it's kind of a part of when you're like a teenager or in your early 20s perhaps like you i think you tend to attach yourself to fewer bands, but you attach yourself so much more to them yeah. where, you know, I would own everything, like everything by certain bands mm-hmm. just because they put it out. I had to have yeah. it. And it didn't matter what kind of quality it was. Whereas, you know, as time goes on, that kind of disappears. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't find yourself to be so obsessive about few things now i find myself to be more obsessive about music in general mm-hmm. like i you know i still get excited i still um i'm still as passionate about music as i as i've ever been uh, but i don't find myself to be so obsessive about few bands and uh, what I, I another thing i wanted to ask you is how are you buying your music these days do you f- actually buy the physical cds uh are you more of like digital i i don't like digital because i don't i don't have like the physical i like having something in my hand and like what if my computer crashed like and i know i have backups and stuff but i I like kind of like knowing that it exists in some physical form um so my if if a band is uh if i just find one song that i like from them um then i'll just buy that one song digitally because i'm not going to buy the whole record um, but now if I do find that I want the, the album, I will either, um, buy it in a CD form or if they have it on vinyl and I'm really excited about it, I'll get it on vinyl. Yeah. Um, cause then you can get the MP3 form, but, um, 
with the vinyl thing, I also found that it's 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 better if it was intentionally crafted for vinyl too, just from the definitely the way they set up songs and um, I, I don't think that a band should just put something on vinyl because it's cool because it's cool. You know, yeah. I think you should put it on vinyl because you recorded it in a manner that it, it it's the quality and the way you set up the story that you're showing or yeah. telling in the album makes sense when yeah. you flip it. And also from a technical standpoint, a lot of albums that they put on vinyl aren't mastered for vinyl. So, you know, those things have to be done differently. Yeah. Like you can't you can't master a, a CD and expect it to sound, you know, the same on vinyl. Um, and I don't think a lot of bands put a lot of work into that now. And it, it kind of it, it falters. Do you find yourself obviously buying less CDs than you used to? Yeah, I do. I do buy less, um, which I want to be more like I actually I think part of it's kind of laziness, too, because I have to physically go somewhere if I want to buy something. Yeah. Um, so I'm really trying to be more uh, focused on actually going out and buying a record when I when I figure out that I do want it um because it's always just nice having it you know in your position and being able to listen to it whenever you want and um and i i I really enjoy sitting with things and having them for a long time and then rediscovering them and finding a song that you didn't even know you liked and you know on the record and then listening to that song for a week and um i find my um you know my itunes library is huge like i have you know over 200 gigs of music mm-hmm. so i find uh, another thing that i find missing from my life is that um i used to be able to stand in front of all of my music mm-hmm. you know i have i still have a lot of cds i used to have more where i could just stand in front of all this music and i would just kind of like eyeball things and i'd be like oh i haven't listened to that in a long time and i find that it's harder to do that with itunes because you have to actually like go through your entire library you forget you forget what you have and i i just i've had so many times where you know i i think everyone gets to the point that they're like i don't have anything good to listen to you know yeah it's like the the closet the wardrobe that you have doesn't doesn't work for you anymore and and you forget about these these other little gems that you have, and because it's so hard, and that little turny thing sometimes really gets me. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, it's just it gets exhausting. The wheel. Your thumb gets so exhausted flipping through all that stuff, and and I think you tend to overlook, yeah, because uh, even if you're going, if you're scrolling for artists, you tend to overlook uh, certain albums, and when I really associate albums with their covers, or even with uh, uh, their spine, because that's mm-hmm. how I would look at them. I even to this day, if I'm thinking of a band, I have to think about where they fit into my music library, like where which part of the alphabet, because it's you know of course it was alphabetized. Um, that's so. Uh, I know it's weird association. It's so high fidelity. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess <laughs> I, I wouldn't go as far as like cataloging my you know my life chronologically through records. Kind of cool though. But yeah, um, so I think I miss that too. Like I miss just being able to look at this wall of music. And just my eye falls on something and it catches my eye and I end up listening to it. I think it's harder to do if you're going through iTunes or through your iPod or whatever. So uh, with all this in mind, I don't do New Year's resolutions Mm because I think they're kind of stupid and arbitrary. But 
But I have one this year. But I have one this year, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to do the exact same thing that I just talked shit about. Um, so I think, you know, and with this, with the blog, of course, like last week, I tried to, every time I would actually sit down and listen to an album from beginning to end, I was going to post it. And I think it's a good exercise into getting back to listening to music as a lot of times it's it's intended to be listened to in album form. So I'm going to try and do that in 2011. And I might not always post which album I'm listening to because, you know, that's kind of a pain in the ass. Taylor Swift. Yeah. And also it's, it can be terribly embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Are you going to try and do anything? Or are um, you fine with well, your listening habits? Well, I do want, like I said, I do want to like get out and buy more things rather than listening to them free. Because if it's good, then it deserves my yeah. money, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I like supporting that. Um, so I, I want to I get into that habit. And um, also supports your local record yeah, stores. Yeah, exactly. So I, I want to um, I I do that. But I really, you know... I like my listening habits. Um, I like kind of getting, I you know, I kind of get obsessed with things. And I like letting things come to me when they're supposed to come to me. Um, yeah. I had a huge, like, Paul Simon kick this summer. And I never really listened to that much Paul Simon. And I just really, it felt like it was, like, this treasure chest that I discovered. And I got yeah. to, like, sort through. And even, like, more popular bands, like I was talking with you earlier, like, the Decemberists, like, They've been around for a while and they're like a big, big band, but, um, in the music industry, but I just really got into them a couple months ago. And so now I have this whole repertoire that I get to kind of look through and enjoy and, um, you know, listen to from beginning to end. I really love that. I love that about, I would rather discover an old band than discover a new band. Yeah. Most of the times. It's, um, yeah, it's it's a lot more gratifying, I it think. It is, because you can, like, delve into their whole catalog. Mm-hmm. I was reading about, uh, oh, I forget who it is now. Oh, I think it, it was the lead singer from uh, The Dismemberment Plan. Mm-hmm. He had an article about how he devoted time to people's catalogs, how he would be like, all right, Bob Dylan, I'm going to sit down, and all I'm going to listen to for, like, the next month is Bob Dylan, and I'm going to go and learn his entire repertoire. And that idea sounds really appealing to me in, in some ways because there's a lot of older artists that I'm not familiar with their entire uh, uh, oeuvre, um, <laughs> you know, like their entire repertoire. And I think it would really help. Like, I'm my biggest uh, hole in music appreciation is jazz. Like, I know nothing of jazz. And I feel like I should do that for jazz. Like, I should go and listen to everything Miles Davis ever did, everything John Coltrane ever did, in order, like, in chronological order. So it kind of plays like a biography. Mm -hmm. Like, you learn, you kind of go through their life and see how their music kind of affected their life. And you kind of, I think you learn something about the person if you do it that way. Uh, So maybe that'll be my 2012 thing. And I think also when you, at least for myself, when I kind of have allowed myself to discover things when they become appealing to me or when they sound, they finally sound right in my yeah. ear. Um, when you're ready for when them. I'm ready, When I'm ready for it, if you want to say, or I just, you know, when my ear has evolved to that taste, um, I really enjoy kind of 
it, it, for me, it always kind of seems to parallel my life in some way. It ends up being like the perfect soundtrack that I need for that time. And it's just like, I don't know, it's, it's always very serendipitous for me um, when I kind of stumble upon those things. And it ends up being a nice companion as I'm going through whatever or enjoying whatever time in my life. Um, yeah. So I try not to beat myself up when I don't know what band people are talking about or what's being on, you know, what's what the cool kids are listening to because yeah. um, I'm hoping that if it's worth listening to that I will find it at the right time and enjoy yeah. it probably more than I would have otherwise. Yeah, and, you know, great music lives on and everything else falls by the wayside. Yeah. And so I think it's, 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 a, good, it's a good way to be. Um, all right, well, thanks for coming yeah, by, Christina. Yeah, it was great. Um, it's so pretty here. <laughs> The compound. We've really done a lot with it since the last. I kind of wanted to look menacing. It's not. It's not looking menacing. You know, I mean. I want it to be like a cold <laughs> white canvas that I can just, you know, put people in, and so they don't know what to expect. No, I feel very calm in this oh. cold white canvas. Well, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, you got to come back at some point and play some songs for us on the podcast, I please. Will. Yes, that's a teaser, <laughs> cliffhanger. <laughs> All right. Bring you guys back. Thanks, Christina. Anytime. That's a song called Foxhole by the talented Christina Martin. Such a great voice. I can't wait for her uh, to come back on the show and play a few tunes for you guys. So uh, look for that in the future. For those of you uh, who maybe are starting out with this episode, and I don't know why you would, because there's only two episodes before this one. But anyway, uh, you may not be familiar with a segment I did on the first Bazooka Luka podcast called Stunt Critique. Uh, what happened was I uh, reviewed the latest Interpol album after uh, having run several miles and while still running. Why did I do that, you ask? Uh, well, it's just uh, my attempt to turn the art of uh, music criticism into a display of uh, human exceptionalism, I think I called it. Still not sure if that's actually a word but I'm going to use it again until I uh, know better. So in that spirit, uh, this week I'm going to attempt to review the new Decemberist album called The King is Dead. Uh, while doing what I believe is necessary for a Decemberist album, shredding on guitar, of course. Now, um, as a disclaimer, I don't really play guitar that well. I once was decent but have not uh, been practicing as much as I should. So shredding is certainly uh, going to be a challenge in itself, let alone trying to formulate sentences while doing so. Also, I've only listened to the album once in preparation for the review. I just did it. 
So yeah, this could uh, turn out to be a disaster, but that's a stunt critique for you. So uh, I've got a guitar running through my pod, a guitar uh, modeler, and uh, I need to find a good shredding tone. Mm, that's not gonna do it. It's too clean. Uh, better, a little, a little too flangy, perhaps. I don't know if this will work. That's not bad, but I think this one, yes. All right, well, let's uh, give this a go, shall we? All right, stunt critique. faces I'm making right now. Alright, let's go. The December's new album is called The King is Dead. It is their sixth album. I've liked the December's for a long time. Colin Malloy's uh, songwriting. Very uh, literate. The story's um, within the songs, they're always uh, very evocative. Their second album, Her Majesty and the follow-up uh, Picaresque, are definite favorites of mine. Especially Picaresque, which I think is their best work. Their fourth album, uh, The Crane Wife, was good too, but I happened to be working at a Barnes & Noble... Uh, at the time of its release, and we had it on uh, the in-store playlist, so I heard it way too much, like four times a day for four months straight. I got really sick of it. Uh, the King is Dead is a more stripped-down effort than uh, their uh, last album, uh, The Hazards of Love, which was like... An ambitious prog album. Like a mix between Jethro Tull and Heart. Uh, that one left me a bit uh, perturbed. I remember saying at the time that the Decemberists uh, were about uh, two albums away from becoming the Mars Volta. But I was wrong, man. Because their new one is perhaps their most uh, uh, unambitious album yet. It's still very focused though, and, uh, and it's 
skillfully uh, uh, crafted. The feel is different, though. It's uh, it's more like a traditional uh, folk album. It draws uh, from Irish and Celtic folk and uh, like American uh, country and Appalachian bluegrass. Till cold climbs comes springtime. So let me hear you say. The album is also a, a kind of a, a, a throwback to Colin Malloy's uh, previous band, Tarkio. Oh yeah, I really need some pinch squeal. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Some fucking Zack Wild pinch squeal. So fucking metal. What's not metal is the uh, instrumentation on uh, The King is Dead. Like I said, it draws uh, from Western folk music, especially on the track uh, Rocks in the Box, which uh, sounds like an Irish drinking song or something, but has a, a dark theme of impending doom and death, which is very metal. Added a little flanger for effect. Anyway, uh, the vocal melodies on the album are really great, especially on uh, the first single, Down by the Water, with Jillian Welch on background vocals. Fuck it, I'm gonna try and figure tap. See you. 
while this is uh, probably their uh, most stripped down album, it's still undoubtedly a, a Decemberist album. I think it's smart to move back to uh, simpler arrangements after uh, making your most complex and most divisive album. The King is Dead ultimately succeeds because it's a return to roots informed by experience. Having said that, there is one track that seems like it could have been a B-side off of the picaresque album. It's called uh, This Is Why We Fight. And I'm currently fighting a lack of focus here. I need to get back to shredding. album. If you're a December's fan, go get it. If you're not, uh, this is a good starting off point. Uh, that's all I can do. Another uh, stunt critique in the books, or whatever podcast segments go into. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to that as much as I enjoyed doing it. I uh, really need to start playing guitar regularly, though. My chops are way rusty. That was a mess. Really sloppy. I'm pretty sure the review wasn't that great either. But uh, like any reasonable person... I'd rather have uh, mad guitar skills than uh, stupid critical thinking skills. Who wouldn't? It's not even close. Anyway, moving on to the next segment. Let me tell you something about Adrian. Adrian's a sweetheart. But beneath her adorable looks and her small stature lies a feisty curmudgeon. Now, that would be a uh, negative trait for your average person, but not for Adrian. And that's because the things that fire her up and fuel her hatred are so goddamn random 
that it's hard to fault her. You'll see what I mean. Today, I'd like to talk to you about libraries and why I hate them. I know what you're thinking. Adrian, how can you hate libraries? They're just big rooms full of books that you can read without paying for. To which I would respond, yes, I understand the concept. In fact, I love the concept. A library is dedicated to the creation of a more literary book-loving society. It's a place where everyone, including those who are too poor to buy their own, can go and find almost any book, magazine, movie, or CD. It's an environment of unrestricted information available to the masses seven days a week, a public institution that dates back to the Roman Empire. Truth be told, someone like me should absolutely adore libraries. I'm a highly educated, super mega ultra left-leaning young person with an extremely low carbon footprint. I recently decided to challenge myself to live a greener lifestyle and spend less money on things I don't need. I love government-funded institutions. Give me a fixie and an ironically mustachioed boyfriend, and I become your average hipster who's way into things like co-ops, communal living, and composting. Oh, and did I mention I'm a faculty member at a major university? But I digress. Really, it's not the library itself that bothers me, it's the books. I hate to have to be the one to break it to you, but that copy of the new Jonathan Franzen book that you eagerly waited for your local branch of the library to acquire, that book that you're holding over your breakfast with one hand while shoveling Kashi into your mouth with the other, that book is fucking filthy, and I hate it. Let me tell you a story about how my hatred of library books began. As a fourth grader, I was obsessed with the Babysitter's Club books. This is not unusual for a girl from my generation. The library at my school only had four Babysitter's Club books, and they were almost impossible to get because every girl at the school between the ages of 9 and 12 wanted them. So one day on a routine class trip to the library, I was lucky enough to find one. I snatched it up immediately and started reading it on the way home from school. About halfway through the book, I turned a page, and right there, staring me in the face, was a dried-up spaghetti noodle with sauce, stretching from the top of the page like a bookmark. It was disgusting. I never checked out a book from that library again, and thus began my lifelong obsession with germs. So the library book that you've checked out may look clean. It may look brand new, thanks to clever librarians who regularly tape up the binding and cover the front with plastic sheeting. But just so you know, that book has almost certainly been taken into a strange person's bathroom and read on the toilet.
let me amend my previous statement. I hate library books. And you should too. Wow. I think she actually turned me on, uh, on libraries. Never again, man. Never again. All right. Uh, well, that's it. That brings us to the end of the third Bazooka Luka podcast. I want to thank uh, Christina Martin for talking to me today and for being my announcer always. I want to thank Adrian Stacy for being the adorable little curmudgeon that she is. I want to thank you for listening. I'll be back around uh, the Ides of uh, February with another installment. And uh, until then, please visit bazookaluka.com. You can follow me at bazookaluka uh, on Twitter. I also uh, hope you can wrangle some time and leave me a review on iTunes. I'd appreciate it. The iTunes reviews uh, help me out a great deal. So uh, thank you in advance uh, for your nice words. If you're going to leave some mean words, uh, don't bother. Save your time and fuck off. I leave you like I found you with some Fugazi. This is Blueprint. Goodbye. I love you so much. Not no way. Thank you for listening to the Bazooka Luka podcast.